Good evening. This is this is Jerry McGee, and welcome to the Overcoming Life's Obstacles Blog Talk Radio Show. Appreciate you listening in. Uh, in the next few weeks, we'll be teaching principles of the overcoming life. And tonight, what I want to share with you is how you can know for certain that you've been born again. You know, there was a time in my life when, uh, growing up, I always believed in Jesus. But I wasn't born again until I was 25 years old, and I was born again through reading the Word of God. I wasn't in church, but all of a sudden, when I became born again, I knew that I knew that God had done a work in my heart. Shortly after I realized that I had been born again, I accepted the Lord at a Billy Graham crusade in 1958 and was baptized, but I continued to curse him and continued to... Uh, My life really didn't change at all until uh, my sister was going through a divorce and I wanted to help her. And my grandmother always told me that um, the answer was in God's word. So I started reading God's word and realized that I'd been born again. And it's something that you can't explain, but it's like a heart transformation. And before we start, I want to just pray. Lord, I just lift up every person who's listening in tonight. 
Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you'll give them ears to hear. I bind them to the truth that sets them free. I pray for the conviction of sin, the fear of the Lord, and a spirit of repentance to come. I loose your ministering angels, Lord, to minister to each person who will be listening in. And I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. I forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. In Jesus' name, against anyone listening in. And, Lord, I just bind us all to the truth that sets us free. I pray, Lord, that I be a tree of life, that rivers of living water come forth from my innermost being. Lord, I ask that you'll bring to my remembrance everything you've said in Jesus' name. And so the scripture says you must be born again. And to be born again, it, it's not just um, a head knowledge, um, a lot of people believe in Jesus. The Bible says the demons believe and they tremble. So even Satan and his demons believe in Jesus. But um, it's not this head knowledge of believing in Jesus. Many people have a head knowledge. They believe in Jesus, but they've never been born again. Um, being born again is when what's up in your head gets down in your heart and transforms it. To be born again means to not be double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man will receive nothing from God. To be double-minded, it means you have one foot in the world and one foot with God, which is really basically where the church is today. Um, Howard Pittman says 80% of church members have never been born again. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill says 90% of church members have never been born again. Most people in church, they don't deal with the issues of the heart. They just deal with the outward appearance and just have basically a religious spirit. Um, to be born again doesn't mean to be lukewarm because God said if you're just, I'd rather, I'd rather you be hot or cold because if you're just lukewarm, the scripture says that he'll spit us out of his mouth. Um, it, being born again is not just ho-hum God. I know a lot of people that say, well, you know, they've accepted the Lord, but their life is ho-hum. God is boring. They never open their Bible. They're not interested in fellowshipping with other believers. Uh, they don't have a prayer life. They live just like the world. Being born again means that Jesus Christ is your first priority. The Bible tells us that we're to set our affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Jesus said in Luke, if any man would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow him. And, you know, um, a great man of God, Derek Prince, once said that, that um, denying your flesh uh, to take up your cross and follow him, that your cross is not your mother-in-law, it's not your father-in-law, it's not your husband, your wife, it's not your children, it's not your bills, uh, but, your, but, the, but the, your taking up the cross means that you choose God's way over your way. It means that um, the cross is anything that uh, God disapproves of. We have to take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. I believe uh, many times, all of us, in seeking deliverance, we've overlooked the greatest deliverance, which is to be born again. You know, I, when I became born again, I remember I began being born again when I was just reading the Bible and I'll, I knew everything about me had changed, but didn't know why, what had changed about me. And when I got to the scripture that says, it's in Second Corinthians 5, it says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. 
and behold, all things become new. And I knew that's what happened to me. All of a sudden, my language changed. Everything about me changed. I'm still a work in progress. And it doesn't mean that you're perfect when you're born again, but it means that's the starting place. Because all of a sudden, the things that you used to love, you have no interest in anymore. And the born-again experience is the greatest deliverance that anyone can have. I remember shortly after I realized I'd been born again, I was in my kitchen. I could even tell you the direction in the town I was in uh, and the way the direction I was facing when a curse word came out of my mouth. And I remember saying, Lord, that doesn't sound like anything a Christian ought to say. Day, God delivered me from profanity. And I used to curse like a sailor before I became born again. And that's even after I accepted the Lord. I always believed in Jesus from the time I was a little girl, but I, I was not born again until I was 25 years old. Uh, to be born again means to be translated out of darkness and translated from darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And we really underestimate the power of the born-again experience. Many people that are seeking deliverance have to first be born again before they can even be delivered because before you are born again, the scripture says that you're owned by the devil. And so you can't get deliverance if you're still being owned by the devil. Jesus has to be the Lord and master of our lives. You know, we can't be, uh, you know, for years I was taught that there was carnal Christians. And of course there are, but carnal Christians don't get to heaven. It's only those that have made Jesus the Lord and master of their life. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It just means that, Today, I'm as submitted to God as I know how to be. That's the Lordship of Jesus. And, you know, sanctification is a process. And then tomorrow, he may show me some other area. And then I yield to him and turn from the things that displease him. You know, the scripture says that Job was the most righteous man that lived upon the earth. We know he certainly was not sinless because you can read the book of Job and see that Job, that Job had much sin. But the Bible says he was the most righteous man that lived upon the earth. Because he feared God and he turned away from evil When he saw sin, he turned from it And so that's what God expects of us We're all a work in progress We will not be perfect until we enter eternity But salvation is the starting point You know, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 You must be born again In John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said Verily, verily, I say unto thee Except a man be born again He cannot see the kingdom of God in verse 7, it says, Marvel not that I, what I said unto you, you must be born again. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, uh, which according to his abundant mercy uh, hath borne us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. First Peter 1.23 says, that we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Scripture tells us that we're to test ourselves in Second Corinthians 13, verse 5, to see if we're of the faith. It says there, examine yourselves, whether you be of the faith. Prove yourselves. Know you not that in your own selves how Jesus Christ is in you unless you be reprobate. Our um, New American Standard says unless you, um, Christ is in you unless you fail the test. And so we're to examine ourselves 
to see if we're of the faith or if we're reprobate. And so the first question in examining yourself, ask the Lord, are you a new creation in Christ? Has there been a time in your life when God transformed your heart? You know, it's not anything you can explain. You can't explain the born-again experience, but that you just know that you know that you know that God's done something in your life, even though you might be a big mess in some areas, you know you've been born again. Are you a new creation? Has there been a time when when um, your life was transformed, that you became a new creation in Christ, that everything about you changed, your desires changed, your uh, attitudes changed, um, you all of a sudden wanted to please God when before you never thought that much about it. And, you know, it's a work of God's grace. It's not anything we can earn. The scripture says that it's by grace and, and faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Um, another question, are you living according to the flesh? Galatians 5.19 says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are these, adultery, which we know adultery is when you have, you're married and you have sex with someone that's married or you're not married, you're, married you're, you're having sex with someone that is married. Fornication means just to have sex uh, outside of marriage. Uncleanness means to be morally impure, evil, vile. Lasciviousness means inclined toward lust or lewd behavior, manifesting itself in sexual interest and expressing itself in lust and lewd behavior. It, um, another work of the flesh is idolatry, and that's loving anything more than you love Jesus. Uh, you know you have an idol when you, when you get angry when you don't get it, or you get fear if you don't get it, or if you have it, you fear you'll lose it. Idolatry is putting anything before you put the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's witchcraft, which is sorcery. And, and, the, and the word in the Greek means pharmakia which means a pharmacist, a druggist. Um, it, a hatred is the opposite of love. Love is patient. Hate is impatient. Love is kind. Hate is unkind. Love is not jealous. Hate is jealous. Love is not boastful or rude, so hate would be boastful and rude. Love forgives. Hate is unforgiving. And then it goes on to say the greatest of these is love. It says that love does not act unbecomingly, so hate would act unbecomingly. It means to be variance, which means another work of the flesh is variance, which is to be a quarreler or a fighter. Emulations, which is jealousy and uh, envy. Uh, strife, which is, you know, having a warrior spirit, always getting in, in strife with someone. Seditions, which means uh, discontentment, rebellion against um, authority, or it means a rebellious uprising against authority. Heresy, um, which is the hold of demonic doctrine. And there is so much heresy out in the church today. I mean, very few churches, our preachers preach that you are to repent of your sin. You know, when you go to church, you ought to go home different than you came. I mean, I want my life changed every time I I go to church. And I'm thankful to, for having my son as my pastor, and he preaches uh, a, a good word, uh, uh, repenting of your sin and dying to your flesh. And so I'm thankful to have a church because so many people have told me that they can't find a church that's teaching the word of God. And that's sad. But if you pray, the Lord will lead you someplace because 
he'll show you where he wants you to be because the Bible says that, that the steps of a righteous man or a good man are ordered by the Lord. And then there is um, heresies, which is holding to demonic doctrines. There's so many demonic doctrines out there. There's so many places that that uh, uh, pro- uh, proclaim they're having a revival. And when there's no holiness, there's no righteousness, there's no dealing with sin, uh, there's drunkenness, all kinds of uh, demonic manifestations that they are uh, falsely uh, claimed to be the Holy Spirit when it's really the unholy spirit. Other... Um, other works of the flesh or envying, murder. You know, the Bible says if you're just angry with your brother, you've committed murder. Um, it says if you if you just lust after somebody, you've committed adultery. Many people commit adultery just through looking at pornography or lusting after someone. Drunkenness. Uh, God tells us we're, we're to be sober. And some of these meetings where there's her- heretical doctrines, in some of these meetings, they're uh, they're uh, spiritually drunk I mean I've seen people spiritually drunk and, and they couldn't even stand up And they never had a drop of alcohol um, I've written a little book Called Drunkenness Is this a blessing or a curse And you can get it by going to jeremygee.com And you can order it online It's it's all the scriptures on drunk Drunken, sober, alert To show you in the word of God That there's not one scripture That That um, Embraces drunkenness In fact it tells us to be sober For the purpose of prayer In other places it says Be sober, be alert For your adversary the devil Walks about like a roaring lion Seeking whom he may devour Which means drink down, gulp down And swallow you up And so uh, God wants us to be sober For the purpose of prayer And the fruit of the spirit Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness And self-control Which is the opposite of Drunkenness um, And so also Revelings is another work of the flesh Which means the delight and boisterous Merrymaking It goes on to say all of these Are the like of which I tell you That those who do such things Shall not inherit the kingdom of God And that word is not a one time Sin but it's a habit, a custom Or a lifestyle You know if somebody were to describe you Would they say that your life produces the fruit of the spirit Or does your life habitually practice uh, manifesting the deeds of the flesh Because it says in Romans That if we live after the flesh we're going to die And so when we let the flesh Manifest through us we're really letting The spirit of Satan manifest through us Because we can have The fruit of the spirit when we Deny ourselves when we Give up our life we find it and then The character and nature of Jesus can Come through which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit and when we're living After the flesh we're manifesting The character and nature of Satan and so we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. The next question is, has God given you a new heart? He tells you in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, that he'll take out your stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. The next question, do you, are you a friend of the world? Are you a friend of God? It says in James 3, you, you, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that, that you may spend it on your own lust. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or hostility toward God? 
and he calls them an adulteress. You know, there's <clears throat> there is a um, spiritual adultery and there's physical adultery. Um, physical adultery is when you you know you commit a sexual sin or you lust after somebody that's committing a spiritual adultery. I mean, I'm sorry, physical adultery and then spiritual adultery is when you lust in your heart. When you pray a prayer to receive Jesus and your heart goes after another lover, you've committed spiritual adultery against your bridegroom, Jesus. And so here in James, he's calling them adulteresses because they ask amiss that they might consume it on their own lust. So he's calling them um, spiritual adulterers. And he says, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity or hostility toward God? Next question, do you walk in obedience? You know, we don't obey to be saved. We obey because we are saved, because we're new creations in Christ. Obedience is the fruit of salvation. Um, this doesn't mean that you, you're you perfect. We we all know that we're, we're, all of us are a work in progress. And we can think that we're repentant today and the Lord will show us something else tomorrow to repent of. And I'm thankful for that because he wants us to change from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And we, if we live a lifestyle of repentance, we are constantly overcoming the things in our life that displease God, and our peace is increased. Next question, uh, well, let me just give you another scripture. Uh, John 10, uh, verse um, 6 through, tw- I'm sorry, John 10 says, my sheep, 10, 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. And they obey me, and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. The voice of a stranger is the voice of another. You know, so many times people think they have to submit to things, and they're really submitting to demons and other people. And that's the voice of a stranger. We certainly to submit to authority. God wants God has has uh, raised up authority, and He wants us to submit to authority. But He's the authority in the authority. He doesn't want us to obey the demons in an authority. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. 1 John 3, 9 says, no one who's born of God practices sin because his his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. In 1 John 3, 10, it says, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. John 14 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And, of course, uh, in the New Testament, it's fulfilled when we walk in love, when we love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and our neighbor as ourselves. In John 3:36, it says, he, he who believes on the Son has everlasting life, and he who believes not the Son shall not see life, but the, but the wrath of God abides on him. You know, uh, years ago I did a word study and took out all the words on believe. And the word believe means, in the Greek, it means to, to submit yourself wholeheartedly to. It means to stay under God's authority. That's what the word believe means. Romans 2.5 says, Because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself in the day of the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. In verse 7, to those who, by perseverance in doing good, seek glory and honor and immortality and eternal life, but those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth but un- obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. 
There'll be tribulation and distress to every soul of man who does evil, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In Hebrews 5, 8, it says, although he was a son, he uh, learned obedience from the things he suffered, and having been made perfect, he, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal salvation. Are you double-minded, lukewarm? And we've already explained double-minded is when you, you want to walk with God one minute, depending on who you're with. You're, you've got like you're like a chameleon. Depending on who you're with, uh, you change your your um, your habits based on who you're around. You know, it's kind of like a chameleon spirit. You know, a chameleon changes colors when it's on different color. Like if it's on a tree or on a leaf or on tree bark, it, it changes colors. And so a double-minded person is a person that's like a chameleon. They're easily swayed back and forth from one foot with God and one foot with the world. Next question. Are you a slave of sin or are you a slave of righteousness? It says in Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not be master over you, for you're not under law, but you're under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you when you um, present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you're slave of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness and then it says in 617 but thanks be to god that though you were slaves of sin you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed having been freed from sin you became a slave of righteousness and that's what god does when you're born again uh he doesn't want and he doesn't want us to be a slave to anything but him and you know when i got saved i was addicted to diet pills uh, I was a, a fat little girl, and when I was about 13, my mother took me to a diet pill doctor, and I took diet pills for 17 years. I was addicted to diet pills. So I know what it's like to be a slave of something, but God wants us to be slaves of righteousness. And praise God, uh, the Lord set me free in 1969. I've been a Christian now over 50 years. And he set me free in 1969 from addictions to diet pills. Next question. And so if you're out there listening and, and you've got a bondage, God wants to set you free. And praise God, you can be free. At the end of this program, if anyone's listening in and you want special prayer, if you'll call in at the end of the program, um, then um, then I'll pray with you. And then if, I, if no one calls in, then we'll close the program. Next question, do you have a love of the truth? It says in 2 Thessalonians 2.10, and the deceitfulness of, it goes on to say that, that God, will, God, God will turn us, if we don't love the truth, God will turn us over to um, a spirit of delusion so that we cannot be saved. And it says, with all the deceitfulness of unrighteousness to them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And so if you don't love the truth, you're going to be taken in by every wind of doctrine. So if you don't love the truth, ask God to give you a love of the truth because he says you have not because you ask not. Next question, are you entangled in the world? Second Peter 2.20 says, For they, after escape the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, are again tangled in, back in the world, 
and, and are overcome, the last state of the man is worse than the beginning. And it goes on to say the, the last state of that man is worse than the first state. And it goes on to say he's just like a dog returns to his vomit and like a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. You know, you can take a pig and you can scrub him up and put a blue ribbon on his head and paint his toenails, but when you turn him loose, he'll go back to the slop. And so if you've, if you've been a person that accepted the Lord and went back to the world, I, I don't think you were ever saved. You still have a pig's heart, but God wants to save you because when you're born again, there's going to be a change in your life. Next question, do you love God and you love others? Because the whole, the whole uh, new covenant is fulfilled only when we walk in love. It says in 1 John 3, 10, but the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. And he who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. 1 John three fourteen says, we know that we pass from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. 1 John 3.15 Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. He that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. And you know, I'm going to say something that's kind of a sidetracking, but people that kill themselves, you know, murdering yourself, suicide is self-murder. And uh, here it says, if you're a murderer, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. Sometimes people want to kill themselves, but they go, they think it's hell here on this earth, but they don't know that the lake of fire burns forever and ever to torment the people that are, that are not born again, or that are in the lake of fire. Next question, are you being uh, led by the spirit of God? Or are you being led by spirit of fear? It says in Romans eight twelve. therefore, brethren, We do not are not indebted to the flesh who live after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if through the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. It goes on to say, for we have not received a spirit of fear leading to slavery again, but we've received a spirit whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. And so... Um, if we live after the flesh, the Bible says we'll die. But if we live after the spirit, we'll be putting to death the deeds of the body. Are you overcome? Are you an overcomer? The promises of God are to the overcomer. And I'm not going to not going to read all the scriptures on overcomer, but I challenge challenge you to look up the scriptures on overcome and overcome. And you'll see that only the overcomers will get to heaven. It says in 1 John 5, 4, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And there's another scripture, I don't know if it's the same one, but it says, and the wicked one touches him not. In Revelation 3, 5, it says, he who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life and will confess his name before my father and his angel. It says in, in Matthew twenty four thirteen, but he who he who endures to the end shall be saved. 
you know, we go through so many trials in our life, and God wants to use your trials to conform you into his image. If we get to let him conform us into his image, we get conform, confirmed, uh, established, perfected, uh, conformed into the image of Christ. If we don't uh, let that trial be used for good in our life, we become bitter instead of better. It says in uh, Hebrews 3, 5, and, and Moses was faithful over a house, over his house as a servant. And it goes on in verse 6 says, but Christ was a son over his house, whose house we are, if we have, if we uh, hold fast to our confidence and the boast of our hope till the end. In verse uh, 3.13 it says, But exhort one another daily, which is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. In verse uh, chapter Hebrews 3.14 it says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our hope into the end. And I missed something up here a little bit ahead, so I'm going to back up a little bit. Just bear with me. I use an iPad, and sometimes it jumps uh, back. Um, are you entangled in the world? We've already done that. Do you love God? Do you love others? Are you led by the Spirit? Do you deny yourself and take up your cross and follow the Lord? Jesus said in Luke nine twenty three, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross daily. Are you overcome or are you an overcomer? You know, the promises of God are not to those that are overcome. It's to the overcomer. And so God wants us to overcome all the things. We all have things to overcome. The children of Israel, um, they had the promised land to possess. God gave it to them. It wasn't blind optimism. He said, go and take the land. And um, they they didn't overcome. In fact, only Caleb and Joshua followed God fully, and only those two and some of the younger generation entered the promised land. And so we have a spiritual land to overcome. We have things in our land. We have giants in our land. And those giants are addictions, their 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 fear, their um, anger, their bitterness. There's depression. There's discouragement. These are giants in our land, and God wants us to overcome each of those giants. And when we do, we enter God's rest. Canaan land meant rest. The land of Canaan was a land of rest. And so you and I, when we overcome a giant in our land, or something, an obstacle, a stronghold in our life, an area of our life that displeases God. We enter God's rest in that area, and then God shows us something else. And so he wants us to overcome. He, he doesn't want us. You know, people that are depressed, they're overcome by the wrong thing. Depression is something we have to overcome. I have many, many friends that have spent years of their life in depression and now can say, God delivered me from a spirit of depression. It's an evil spirit. Do you have the witness of the spirit is the next question. It says in, in uh, Romans 8:16, 16, um, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. He who believes on the Son, God's witness is in himself. But he that believeth not, God makes him a liar because he has not believed the record that God gave his Son. Next question, are you trusting him by faith? 
The Bible says that the just shall live by faith, that he who comes to God must believe he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, if you if you have if your conscience is not clear, you don't have you can't have faith without a having a clear conscience. And of course, to get a clear conscience, Jesus, the Word of God says in First John one nine, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We're saved by faith, but not of ourselves. It's the gift of God and not of works, lest anyone should boast. Next question, are you bearing fruit for God, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, doing good works for God? You know, you're not saved by good good works, but if you are saved, you're going to do good works. It says in Matthew 12, 43, therefore I say to you, you know, Jesus was talking to the Jews, and he said, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing the fruit of it. In uh, John 15, it says, Every branch in me, speaking of a Christian that does not bear fruit, he cuts off and throws into the fire. That's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, control. And so every branch that doesn't bear fruit gets cut off. You know, there's people that have been given terminal uh, death sentences by their doctor. They say, you know, you're dying, you're going to die, you've got six months to live. They're wanting to live. The question is, are you wanting to live? What would you do with your life if you lived? Would you continue to um, be fruitless, or would you? Would there be a transformation, and would you uh, be born again? I know my mother developed cancer in 1968, and she was saved through that experience and went on and lived uh, 20 years after that. God totally healed her through that salvation experience. Um, in John it says bear fruit and so prove to be my disciples so so uh, disciples bear fruit it says in Isaiah that God will give you the tongue of a disciple that you might sustain the weary one with a word and morning by morning he'll wake up your ears to listen as a disciple and you will not be disobedient nor will you turn back a disciple is a person that lets God discipline them lets God correct him you know, every, everything you go through, God's trying to realign you. Um, he's trying to line you up with the Word of God. And speaking of that, I, when I, read, when I um, listen to the Word of God, or I'm not, I have difficulty right now, uh, and, and I'm healed in Jesus' name, and I'm waiting for the manifestation of the healing of my eyes, but... Um, the way I read the Bible now is my phone. I, I will copy it and paste it onto an email, and my phone reads it to me, and I repent as I read. And so great deliverance comes when you do that. It says, Jesus um, says also in John 15 that you're my friends if you do what I say and bear fruit so prove to be his disciples. In Matthew 7, it says every tree that does not bear fruit is thrown into the fire. It goes on to say, um, house, a house built on a rock will stand, but a house built on the sand, sand, sand that the flood will come and wash away the house. Question, are you a disciple or a Pharisee? A Pharisee deals with the outward appearance, and a disciple deals with the heart issues. 
a Pharisee is that church member, that religious person that knows all the terminology that doesn't deal with heart issues. A disciple is a person who lets God deal with his heart. A Pharisee is proud of his good works, and he doesn't deal with his heart issues. In fact, he tries to put a yoke on your neck, tries to condemn you if you don't line up with what he thinks, he or she thinks. Another question, are you ashamed um, for your friends to know that you're a Christian? Are you ashamed to pray in public? Are you committed to the word of God? Are you locked into your own desires? Do you give God just a little dab of your time or consumed with him? Are you a disciple? Does God consume your thoughts? Are you consumed by him? Are you following his way? Is he first place in your life? These are all questions you need to ask yourself. You know, there were some of God's disciples that turned back. In John 6, Jesus said, you know, if you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, and when you do that, you abide in me. And the disciples, some of his disciples thought that was too hard. And in verse 66, it says, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. In John 2, it talks about, uh, many people believed in Jesus, but it says he wasn't giving himself to them because he knew all men's hearts. And so our hearts have to be turned 100% to him if we're going to deny ourselves and follow him. Now, there are some people that are not going to make it to heaven. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? <clears throat> be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate." Nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor revilers or slanderers will enter the kingdom of heaven. Gossip. It goes on in Revelation twenty two fourteen. It says, "Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have a right to the tree of life." I'm sorry, my my iPad jumped on me. But they might have a right, a right to the tree of life. It says outside of the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral people and murderers and idolaters and those who love and practice lying. You know, the way we wash our robes is to, um, the scripture says that we're to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. The way you wash your robe is when, and God has taught me this, that when you have a problem, you say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And you listen to what he says and um, align yourself with the word of God, repent of your sin, um, turn to him with all your heart, learn the lesson. And when I do that, I've worked out my salvation with fear and trembling more, more so. And so it's just a lifestyle of continuing to, deal with the issues of life that come up, asking God what he's trying to teach me, lining my life with the word, repenting of my sin, and then that's how I work out my salvation with fear and trembling. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach and which you also receive, in which you also stand, 
which are also saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. The Bible classifies people into two categories, the wise and the foolish. The wise virgins and the foolish virgins. The wise are the prudent, which are the crafty, the shrewd, the sensible. In the dictionary, prudent means wisdom applied to practice. Um, careful of consequences It means to follow your instinct Be circumspect um, I'm sorry it, Be circumspect A person is circumspect They're looking on all sides Looking around They see evil and they turn from it <clears throat> Wise means having the power And the judgment To um, discern between What's proper, improper What's good or evil What's light or darkness? What's truth or error? And foolish means uh, senseless, foolish, void of understanding, or sound judgment, void of of, uh, of, of good character. It means to be simple. Simp- I'm sorry, silly, simple, easily seduced. It goes on in Matthew 25, verse 1. The kingdom of heaven can be compared to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. Um, For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. In Acts 5, it says that he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. And, of course, that's a type of oil, the Holy Spirit. But the prudent took oil in their lamps. And they fill their oil, their lamps with oil. In verse 5, now the bridegroom was delayed and they all got drowsy and, and began to sleep. And at midnight there was a, a, a shout, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Come out to meet him. Then those virgins rose and took their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, give us some of the oil for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, no. There'll not be enough for us. Go to the merchants and the dealers and buy some for yourself. And, of course, the merchants and the dealers, that's those false prophets, those false teachers that they all, you know, everybody's got a little bit of sin, and they justify sin. The Bible says that there was Jacob and Esau, two people. They called themselves Christians, Jacob and Esau. It says God in Obadiah, it said God loves God loved um, Jacob, but he hated Esau. And what he was saying is he hated what he saw in Esau. It says in Hebrews 12 that we are to pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no man will see God. And it goes on to say, um, don't be like Esau who sold his birthright for the flesh. And so this is a picture of Church members, the majority of church members today are like Esau. They're selling their birthright for flesh. So God says, see to it that you don't be like godless Esau who sold his birthright for the flesh. So God wants us to be people that overcome. Uh, He wants us to change from glory to glory, go from strength to strength. He says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 
And so what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity, those of you who are listening in, if you're not sure about your salvation, that's a pretty good sign that you've never been born again. And so what I want to do is I want to lead you in repentance, and I want to give you an opportunity to present your body to God as a living sacrifice. Years ago, I taught a meeting out in California, and I taught taught this message on being born again. And afterwards, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I believe that all those 200 people that were there, Lord, I believe they all have accepted you. So how do I teach people? But I know they're not all saved. Lord, how do I teach people how to be born again? And he said, teach people to deny their self, take up their cross, and follow him. You know, if there's never been at a time since you've accepted the Lord that you've been willing to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him, then you haven't been born again. And so I want to lead you and everybody that's listening in. You know, even if you've been born again, uh, we've uh, violated many of these things. And because we all, none of us are perfect, but God wants us to um, be perfect as he's perfect, be holy as he's holy. And basically, when you yield to him, the scripture says, whoever abides in me does not sin. So the only time I've not sinned is when I'm yielded to him, and that's how I'm perfect, is he's perfect and holy as he's holy. He tells us to be holy as he's holy. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, and if you're listening in, or even um, if you're listening to this program, or even if you're listening in to the archive, uh, pray this Pray this prayer with me, and you'll be you'll get delivered. Just even if you are born again, because we've all committed most of these sins. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, forgive me that I haven't been willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Lord, forgive me for just having a belief in my head and never it never getting down into my heart. Lord, forgive me for being double-minded. Forgive me for being lukewarm. Lord, forgive me for not seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness. Lord, forgive me for not dealing with issues of the heart. Lord, forgive me for just dealing with the outward appearance. Forgive me for being a Pharisee. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I want to be born again. If I haven't been born again, Lord, I want to be born again this day in the name of Jesus. Lord, forgive me for murmuring and complaining. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Forgive me for uh, not allowing you to conform me to your image. Forgive me for living according to the flesh. Lord, forgive me for adultery, fornication. Forgive me for uncleanness, being morally impure. Forgive me for lasciviousness, licentiousness, drunkenness, carousing, a party spirit. Forgive me for being vile. Forgive me for being inclined toward lust, wanton behavior. Forgive me, Lord, for... um, uh, Forgive me for lewdness and lust manifesting itself in sexual interest, uh, lust and lewdness. Lord, forgive me for idolatry, witchcraft, sorcery, hatred. Lord, I I choose to forgive every person that I have held under forgiveness toward because, Lord, you said you won't forgive me if I won't forgive. Forgive me for variance, being a quarreler. Forgive me for emulations, for jealousy, for rivalry. Forgive me for wrath and anger and strife and seditions. Forgive me for discontentment and rebellion. Lord, forgive me for rebellion against authority. Lord, forgive me for rebellious uprising. Forgive me for heresies holding to demonic doctrines. Forgive me for spiritual drunkenness, for drunkenness, for spiritual adultery, for adultery. 
forgive me for envy, for murder, for hating people, being angry at people, not loving my neighbor as myself, not delighting in you. Forgive me for reveling, taking delight in voices and merrymaking. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me. I present my body to you, Lord, as a living sacrifice. I invite your Holy Spirit to fill me up with yourself. Lord, I want to to walk in love. I want to manifest your spirit. Uh, forgive me for not having the fruit of the spirit. Forgive me. Lord, I ask for a new heart. I ask you to take out my stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. Forgive me for being a friend of the world, loving the world more than I love you. Lord, forgive me for, for disobedience, not walking in obedience to you. Lord, forgive me for submitting to demons and other people. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you, Lord, to forgive me for not persevering to do good, to seek glory and honor uh, and immortality and eternal life. God, forgive me for being selfishly and ambitious and not obeying the truth. Forgive me for obeying unrighteousness. Uh, Lord, forgive me for these sins that would cause me to experience tribulation and distress. Forgive me for doing evil. Lord, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for not obeying you. Lord, forgive me for being lukewarm. Forgive me for being a slave of sin. God, forgive me for letting sin be master over me. I want you to be master over me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for not loving the truth. Lord, would you give me a love of the truth so I won't be deceived? Forgive me for being entangled in the world. God, forgive me for uh, receiving you and then getting back entangled in the world and being like a, um, a a dog that returns to its vomit and a sow after washing returns to the wallowing in the mire. Lord, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for not loving you and loving others. Forgive me for hating others. Lord, forgive me for being angry at others. Forgive me for letting the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me, for Lord, for not being led by your spirit forgive me for walking in the flesh living after the flesh forgive me for letting fear dominate my life lord forgive me for not denying myself and taking up my cross and following you forgive me for being overcome instead of being an overcomer lord forgive me for hating my christian brother not forgiving lord in jesus name i ask you to give me the witness of your holy spirit lord god in jesus name Forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for not walking in faith. Forgive me for not believing you. Forgive me for believing lies. Forgive me for not producing fruit for you, which would cause me to be cut off. Forgive me for not being a disciple. Forgive me for being proud and being a Pharisee. Forgive me for being ashamed of you, Lord, and ashamed to let people know that I love you. Lord, forgive me for not being committed to your word. Forgive me for just not giving you any of my time. God, forgive me for not letting, not uh, setting my affections on things above rather than things of this earth. Lord, I ask you to consume me. Forgive me for not following your way. God, forgive me for uh, not wanting to die to my flesh. Lord, in Jesus' name, forgive me for uh, 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 unrighteousness. Forgive me for fornication, idolatry, adultery, effeminacy. Forgive me, Lord, for abusing myself with mankind, for hatred and variance and strife and wrangling with words. Lord, forgive me for not being willing to wash my robes through to confessing my sin. 
Lord, in Jesus' name. Forgive me, Lord, for being just like Esau, uh, selling my birthright for the flesh. Lord, forgive me for not being a wise virgin. Forgive me for being a foolish virgin. Lord, I ask you to fill fill me up with your Holy Spirit, with your oil. Uh, Lord, I just renounce all uh, services and false revivals of drunkenness and all the demonic things that they do in the name of the Holy Spirit. Forgive me for being simple, silly, and easily seduced. Forgive me for building my house on the sand. God, forgive me for not producing fruit for you. God, in the name of Jesus, I just yield my life to you 100%. And I just thank you and praise you, Lord. Father, I ask you to forgive me for not pursuing peace with all men and the sanctification or the holiness without which no man will see God. Lord, I want to live a holy life. I want to be on the highway of holiness. Lord, I just uh, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for shedding your precious blood at Calvary. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you for healing my eyes. Lord, I just thank you and praise you for being my protector, my king, my God my deliverer, my great physician, and I just thank you, Lord. I yield to you. I ask that your Holy Spirit will possess me, that you'll baptize me with your Holy Ghost and fire. Lord, you said that, the, that I'll receive power after which your Holy Spirit comes upon me, and I will be your witness, and I thank you and praise you, Lord. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit that I might teach transgressors thy ways and sinners might be converted. In Jesus' name. And, Lord, I, uh, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. In Jesus' name, I command every demonic spirit to leave each person that has heard this message. In Jesus' name. I command every evil spirit to go. I break bondages. I heal the sick. I break off yokes of slavery, Yokes of fear, I break the power of fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, anxiety, tension, stress, nervousness, depression, discouragement, martyr spirit, self-pity. I break the power of adultery, fornication. I break the power of effeminacy, homosexuality. I break the power of greed, lies, lying, unbelief, doubt. I break the power of selfishness. I break the power of bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, pride, arrogance, boastfulness. Haughtiness, I command you to leave every person that's listening to this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you need prayer, if you want to call in, um, and I'm sorry I don't know that number. (laughs) Let me see if I can. um, This is my second program, and the people that I've had helping me didn't feel good today, so I don't know the number, but if you need to call in, you can call in the same number that was on the flyer that went out. Um, Anyway, if you need prayer, I'll be happy to pray for you. Carrie, the number is 646-595-474. Say that again. Say the number again. 646-595-474. Four seven eight four, and be sure to press one when it asks you if you want to speak to Toad, because then I know you okay. have a question and just listening. Hey, thank you so much, and I apologize for not being more prepared, but um, oh, it was fine. unexpected. <laughs> it's thank only you your time show. 
And uh, those of you listening in, I'll just tell you a little bit about Abiding Life Ministries. You can go to jerrymcgee.org, and there's lots of free CDs you can listen to with deliverance prayers. There's a place you can sign up for my email. Uh, I send out flyers when I'm going to be on the air. You can send out email notices uh, that I send out email notices and sometimes uh, little daily thoughts of encouragement. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I teach a Bible study uh, uh, deliverance meeting once a month in Duncanville, and if you'll sign up, I'll send you a flyer and give you the directions. Also, there is a spiritual warfare conference starting the 17th, 18th, 19th uh, in Beaumont, and uh, I'll send you a flyer if you send that, sign up. That's this coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it's over Sunday. And then the next weekend, there's Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. You can go to lakehamilton.com, like, I'm sorry, lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com, and you can sign up for that conference. It's very inexpensive. We have prayer teams that pray uh, every morning, and you can get deliverance. It's very inexpensive to go, and it's very life-changing. And so uh, you can contact me at jerrymcgee.com, and um, there's lots of free articles that you can read on my website. And so, and if you'd like to, <clears throat> if you'd like to donate uh, to the ministry, there's a place where you can donate. Also, um, Dorothy, will you give your um, will you give your email address so people can donate to Dorothy Carruthers uh, Blog Talk Radio? She's nice enough to uh, sponsor this program. So if anybody has been blessed by all of the programs that come through her ministry, you can email her at uh, Dorothy. What is your address? It's D C H U R C H Y the number one at hotmail dot com. Okay, great. You can go through PayPal and send her a donation if you've been blessed. And um, anyway, uh, so I'm going to wait just a minute. If uh, um, no one calls in, the program will be over, and I'll be uh, on again on the 29th, I believe, of um, of March. There well, was Lord, a call, but he had to go. Um told him to call back in, in about 45 minutes. I was trying to judge when you would be taking calls. Um but he, his main question and is why are there so many mixed messages in religious Christianity or religion and Christianity? His name is Tony. I, th- I think it's because people want to believe what they want to believe instead of what God's Word says. You know, I used to read the Word and I'd think, well, you know, maybe Dr. So-and-so believes this or Dr. So-and-so believes that. And then I realized, uh, after going to <clears throat> many milk green seminars, that um, God's word means just exactly what it says. And so, wherever you know, wherever we don't agree with God's word, we have to be willing to align ourselves with the word of God. There's so many mixed. There is so many mixed messages. It's true, but there's very few, very few places. You know, Jesus said, "There's a narrow way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it." There's a broad way that leads to destruction, and most people are on the broad way. And I want to be on the highway of holiness. Well, I just uh, thank the Lord for this program. I thank the Lord for those of you who listened in, 
uh, email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George, E like Edward, R like Robert, I like Ivy, M like Mary, C like Cat, G like George, H like Henry, E like Edward, and E like Edward again at sbcglobal.net. For the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And I will just say good night. Thank you, Jerry. Good night. Good night.